This week on Deep Space Pride, a gay Star Trek podcast, we talk about the latest Strange New Worlds episode, The Elysian Kingdom. And we have a couple of announcements and we'll talk a little bit about the news and what we've been watching. So thanks for joining us. Hey, Mike. How are you today? How are you right now? <laughs> Take two. I am better. Uh, Dennis is home taking care of Hamish. And uh, yes, we will delete the previous <laughs> attempt at recording this podcast. Yeah, that didn't work. Uh, Do they yeah. have like Xanax for dogs? Is that like a thing? Poss- yes, I'm sure. Yes, they do. And that is a possibility. Mm. Though... Um, I don't know. We were we were talking just a few minutes ago, and other dog owners suggest that he probably needs some more play time. Mm-hmm. So uh, with other dogs. So right now, the park that we like is closed, and the other park that we can take him to, to be honest, has a bunch of asshole dogs and owners. So, um, and you can assign the asshole to both both of those parties so uh, <laughs> there are owners who think their dog is being playful but it's being terribly aggressive mm. and you know if, if hamish can't play and be free to wander around and these dogs are badgering him then yeah you're you're you have an asshole dog and if you don't and some of the owners are like oh they're just playing and i'm like no my dog is not enjoying this so it's just it's yeah it's not you know i yeah i would love to find a place where so the other the other one is under renovations the one where we used to go to that has much friendlier more responsible parents who are people are nicer the dogs are just generally nicer so it's just really weird Hmm. so for our listeners that wants more context basically (laughs) we had an attempt Two hours ago, an earlier recording, and Hamish was very disruptive. So we had yes. to stop and try this again. And I mean, I would, you know, between not only Hamish, but also the workday, I was a little more stressed. I am better now. I have, yes, eaten, had some wine, vented to my partner, all the things, and he is now here to take care of Hamish so I can record. Yay. Yay. Um, but you were just mentioning, or you'd mentioned through text that you had just watched Doctor Strange. Yes. So my mind is elsewhere. It's in the MCU at the moment. Okay. But, you know, I'm reorienting myself to get back on track with Star Trek. Obviously. I really like Doctor Strange. I, I really oh, like that's... magic and those things. Oh, that's so, interesting. Okay. So, what? You did not like Doctor Strange? I didn't, I'm not, a, I was not a big fan of the movie. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. I um, enjoyed it. I actually didn't love what they did with Wanda. 
Um, I do not like what they did with Wanda at all. To be yeah, honest. I feel that was my biggest issue with it. I feel that they kind of just needed. Okay, spoilers. Um, I feel they just needed an antagonist, yeah. and considering what she, what this poor woman went through in WandaVision, I'm kind of just like, you know, she was just like a. Well, even before that, so in, in Endgame and... Uh, oh, yeah, no, she gets screwed, like, every, you know, she's constantly yeah, screwed, yeah. and now she's this, like, scorned woman, you know? It's, like, scorned woman syndrome, and I, yeah, I just didn't like what they did with the character. I mean, I kind of yeah. enjoyed the movie overall. It was entertaining, it was fun to watch, but then I just consistently did not like that Wanda was the villain, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, yeah, I didn't really love it. Um, I would definitely not. Yeah, I'm not gonna rewatch it anytime soon. Um, and I, and I and I do like Benedict Cumberbatch. So, um, yeah, right. But so uh, it was a little no, dis. It was, I, it was fine. It was fine. It was yeah, fine. I, I found I it disappointing. Um, I had okay. qualms with it, but overall, I had a good time. And I paid nothing for it. I watch on Disney Plus. So same, same, same. Uh, all right. So bringing yourself back to right. the Star Trek universe. Well, this week uh, was a big week for us because yesterday we did record another episode of the podcast, Mike, which you we were did. really excited for. I was. We interviewed Will Wheaton, which is um, which was awesome, and. Yeah, I was super pumped about it. And he was, it was a great time. He stayed long with us. And uh, yeah, so I'm, uh, but I wanted to give it some more time to edit that one and uh, make it as good as possible. So that will be out next week. Correct. Um, next, we're aiming for next Thursday. Yes, we're, we're gonna, we're out. gonna, we're gonna release it a little early because there's another something else happening that's not our news to share so we won't share it right. uh but uh yeah so i'm ex- yeah i'm excited to edit it but it was an awesome conversation i enjoyed it uh and yeah uh, will's really easy to talk to honestly i think that he could have i mentioned this i feel like he could have just interviewed himself like he yeah. it was very easy to have this conversation um he's very open and vulnerable you don't really have to like dig deep to get him to share so it was very easy to interview him. Yeah, he is super thoughtful. And uh, yeah, it was just, it was great. And it was great to hear some things that I didn't hear in his book. And so I'm really excited to share all of that. But so Which you of, read twice and listened to twice? Or what was it? I, I listened to it twice. Um, and, and you I, read the original version. I read the you original read the annotated version. version. Yes. Yeah, I know. Well, I read the I read the original version before we went to to Chicago, and then mm-hmm. uh, and then I the annotated version was out there. I neglected to get one at Chicago, which I'm still regretful of. I'd ordered a hard copy on Amazon to have a hard copy because I, I you know I like to, and I'm glad I did because there was uh there are parts of it where I listened and I wanted to read the text and see how it's different because so he wrote the book in uh in 2020 essentially the first go around or you know 2020 2021 and then you know doing all the edits and coming up with the final printed version right and then he recorded the audiobook version 
much later, in fact, earlier this year in 2022. So a lot of the world had changed, a lot of things had happened. And uh, yeah, he, it was just, he had some perspective. So writing it was, was therapeutic and kind of opening up a lot of wounds and um, all of that. And he had time to process it. And when he did the audiobook, he could kind of have a different perspective on it. And it was just, yeah, it was, it was great to, I really enjoy He's an awesome narrator. He's, as we learned, he's a friend of John Scalzi who writes this really incredible science fiction books. And he's the audiobook narrator for all of his books. And uh, he's just a great narrator. So hearing him again, um, hearing him read his own stuff and comment on it and comment on the commenting and everything was just really cool. So it was very meta uh, as I'm, you know, I'm sure it was even more meta for him to do that actually, but it was great. So to talk to him a little bit about the book and ask him some things that I had questions about that weren't in the book. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so yeah, I'm, uh, yes, I'm really you asked most of the questions. I kind of let you kind of have a field day since yeah, you, asked you actually, questions. of course I, I can ask you questions, but when you guys are talking about the book, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to let Mike deal with this. Cause I haven't read his book. Um, and I don't really like reading. So this is not something against Will Wheaton. I'm not just not a big reader. Um, right. I'm not just an avid, especially nonfiction. I read, if I do read it's fiction. Um, I read like sci-fi, read fantasy. I don't read nonfiction. It's not my genre. I don't read memoirs or anything like that. So um, again, nothing against Will Wheaton, but obviously you knew the material really well. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go at it. And I will just interject here and there when I feel there's some sort of relevance for me to bring to the table. So um, in any case, it was very easy. It was, yes, he was, he was very friendly, easy to talk to. Um, and yes, he gave us like almost 90 minutes of his time. So I'm um, yes. very appreciative of Will and just his generosity there. Absolutely. So that's coming out next week. So stay tuned for that. Uh, we'll be plastering that everywhere. Uh, it's a pretty big deal. So uh, yeah, that's coming up. Uh, what else is there? I mean, there's a few news little items, but nothing. Well, I do want to talk about one thing. So uh this company called blue bricks which i literally just became aware of this week makes brick versions of a lot of the star trek stuff mm -hmm. this is not the roblox or whatever the heck the other set is sure. that sure. uh but again this 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 whole thing this just brings up for me the fact that there is a company out there that is perfectly suited to do all of this wonderful stuff with Star Trek material in building block form. <laughs> and Paramount slash CBS has never gone the route of Lego. And there has, uh, I feel there has to be some reason why. Like it, it, it has to be. I, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, if you, if, if if they even sh remotely shared just some of the numbers from Star Wars Lego sets and and how much that has probably generated for Disney slash Lucasfilm, I mean honestly, it's it seems to me a no brainer, and it's also the most popular building toy in the world. So you know, I, I was I was surprised. I mean, I saw some of the I saw the news release with all the some of the sets. Some of them are really cool and uh, they look great. And uh, no, no offense to Blue Bricks or anything like that, but 
um you know it's just it's just a reminder that you know sometimes it's just decisions that cbs makes is just really weird especially around licensing but anyway well i'm like reading some theories and some people think it's because of the contract that lego may have with lucasfilm but oh oh interesting yeah it's hard to say Hmm. but i wouldn't be surprised if there was some sort of like contractual legal blockage of some sort interesting uh that's because why wouldn't they it doesn't really make sense but if lucasfilm was at the table first i wouldn't be surprised if there was some sort of exclusivity like clause or whatever Mm -hmm. so yeah anyway but somehow that didn't apply to like mcu or dc or any of the other IPs that uh, Lego works with. But anyway. Well, I mean, the Star Trek IP was already around at that point. And, you know, I would I would say that they might have been seen it as a direct competitor to Star Wars, to mm-hmm. the Star Wars franchise. And Marvel was definitely not as big as they are now. So who knows? Sure. I, I'm just yeah. now I'm just pulling things out of my ass. Well, I mean, that, that's good. I did not even go down that rabbit hole. So thank you for doing that. But so, um, but Bluebricks has some uh, some pretty interesting creations. Uh, I would say that out of the ones that I saw, I thought that the runabout was really interesting, really well done. And uh, the other one is also uh, Deep Space Nine was uh, the space station was uh, looked really good and um, well done. So no offense to them. I'm just a huge Lego fan. So, uh, you know, and but anyway, so yeah, and literally this week was the first time I'd ever heard of this company or the fact that they had these sets. So, um, but they released a whole bunch of new ones. So, are you going to be getting any of them? No, no. Okay. No, well, no plans to. No. Yeah. I'll stick with my, you know, Star Wars and, uh, you know, I, I did build Optimus Prime. So, oh, that's right. How did that come yeah. together? Uh, good. You know, I only have one small problem with it, but it's a great, um, yeah, it's a, it's a great build. It was a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah. So anyway, that's a little bit about what's going on in our world, but let's talk about, well, you know, so we are going to talk about the Elysian kingdom, but Mm -hmm. just today, the episode all who wander just came out right yes you have some very strong feelings so first of all before we say anything Uh because it is this is coming out on friday and if you are listening to this and you have not watched episode 109 of strange new worlds yet please pause it or jump ahead two to three four minutes yeah i would say two three four minutes that's that's, that would be my guess Um, as well yeah, just yeah. give us give us a couple of minutes and come back to this or go watch the episode and come back to us. But please do not listen any further if you have not watched the latest episode of Strange New Worlds because we are going to talk about something that happened in this episode right now. Right. Yes. So here we go. Johnson, you've had some very strong feelings about this and yes. i'm gonna let you step up to your soapbox and no no it's it not away. a soapbox it's not a soapbox I, I think that this um so basically you know I, I just want to have a quick obviously we're going to do a deep dive in our next episode um but i think that the 
honestly, Hammer's death in this episode may have, having seen all 10 episodes, the finale is great. The finale is fantastic. Um, and we'll talk about that more. Um, but I think that Hammer's death was really shocking to me, but not from a narrative standpoint, but more from a, I can't believe they killed, killed off this character and we barely got that much of him this season. Because, mm-hmm. you, you know, we've, we've been talking about, and we, we've only saw, I would say episode nine, like a week ago. So we got it ahead. We were able to screen it um, ahead yep. of the broader audience, um, but it wasn't that long ago. And, I, and we were just talking about how Hammer has been missing here, you know, for multiple episodes, just in situations where it's like, where is he? Like, why is he not in engineering, for example? You know, like, it's just very odd. And they made a big deal about hiring a disabled person, uh, a blind person, legally a blind person, um, and all the PR leading up to Stranger Worlds. So I, I was just like, what? I was like, he's dead? And I was just like, you know, I actually didn't feel that much. I was more, I was very just shocked and surprised that they decided to kill off the character. So I don't know. I, I just wish that we got a little bit more with Hammer because we honestly haven't. We get a little bit of him in um, the Lizzie Kingdom. At least he, you know, at least he got to do a little bit here. Um, but yeah, in Those Who Wander, I don't even think he had that much to do. Like he, he does, obviously, but it's not like... Um, that episode, that discovery episode with Arium, where the whole episode was Arium, and then she dies at the end. It's like, oh, by the way, he's not gonna make it. You know, I felt. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I just. I mean, I didn't re-watched. not like the episode. I was just like, what? He's dead. That's it. All right. You know. Yeah, um, I, I was taken aback that they yes. killed off. Taken aback is a good way to yes, that's a good way to phrase yeah. it. Yeah, um, you know, especially in how they developed the relationship between Ohura and him, mm-hmm. and yeah. you know, yeah, I really uh, like that too. I do too. I do too. And uh, so you know, having an Anar on or an Enar, Enar, I think it's Enar. <laughs> Um, on the Enterprise was interesting. I mean, I, yeah, I think it's like one Andorian... of two non-human characters too, you know? Like yeah. so much untapped potential to yes. explore his background. So I just thought it was kind of a waste, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, you know I think the, one of the standout parts, pieces of Star Trek Enterprise was shran and the whole andorian yes. storyline that we got to see um yes the and- andorians were like or the andorians to enterprise were like the frangi to ds9 like we got to see more yes. of them dive yes. deeper into the culture and that made yes. it really interesting so yeah. i thought that it would have been cool to go to andoria and maybe visit hammer's family you know things like that we talked about that yeah and we just didn't get any of that you know so i thought it was too bad yeah, definitely, definitely. So yeah, I'm definitely sad. I'm sad for Uhura. Um, and the episode ends with her kind of coming onto the bridge and staring at the communication station, which seems really odd. Um, 
I mean, odd in the sense of, you know, Hammer's dead. Like, how does that, I don't know. I, I have to process it more and we'll do a deeper dive when we talk about this episode. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the ending was kind of inter- interesting in that respect. I mean, I knew what they were sort of foreshadowing, but also like, I didn't really get the, the you know, the imagery of her staring at the communication station, you know, in that way it just didn't you know it would have yeah i feel they tried to connect it because ultimately the episode her character arc in this episode is about her kind of finding her calling and her purpose yeah but i didn't quite get it's kind of a leap because you know okay she she now needs to kind of her 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 purpose starts to crystallize or you know hammerstaff helps to crystallize it but why communication you know why? Yeah, exactly. Why, why is that communication officer? Yeah, um, I think it would have been, you know, it would have been even more touching. I think if she had gone to engineering, just to, or even the cargo, yeah, yeah. or or even the cargo hold where they had initially spent their time together. Mm-hmm. You know, right. so I think that would have been a little more touching in the sense of like, and then showing her coming onto the bridge and looking over at the communication station, like something to connect the dot there. But anyway, um, we can talk more about that. Yeah, we'll talk about more, but obviously by the time that folks listen to this, it's, you know, it it was a big, yes, it was a big reveal. Um, So I felt that it was worth just chatting about very quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Good point. All right, uh, let's move into talking about what we're, the episode we're covering this week, which is last week's episode eight, uh, The Elysian Kingdom. You shall not touch my daughter, or I will bring the might of my kingdom down upon your heads. He's right, Queen Nev. Turn away now. I'll unleash the full power of my powerful wizard powers. I'll, uh, I'll send you to the event horizon, a dark realm for chaos and monsters and... There is no such place, my queen, he's bluffing. What are you doing? Abra! Kadabra! <laughs> nice wizard, Paris. I found this in sick bay. We synced it to trigger the transporter. They're in cargo bay 12. Once again, the magic of science prevails. Too much. So, Johnson, this is one of those sort of box episodes where it's it does wrap up sort of an ongoing, I don't want to say issue, but an ongoing storyline with with Mabenga specifically. Mm-hmm. Right. And it yeah. does sort of bring that to a close for this season, which I think is is good. But um, what did you what were some of your thoughts what did you enjoy the most about this episode? 
Yeah, I really liked um, on at the end of the day, I really liked how much fun the cast was having. Yeah, it was just really popping off the screen. How much they were relishing the opportunity to just play very different characters, uh, especially you know just some of the in terms of the, some of the main cast members like Anson Mount, he was having a blast. Like he was, yes, he, he was yeah. having such a good time. Like there were some folks I wish, for example, Ethan Peck, I'm not sure how much he broke outside of his character playing like the wizard, you know, right. Like, yes. Yeah. Like, escapes me. Um, but it wasn't like he was playing this very drastic different character. And I feel that like he could have done more of his character. Um, or Christine Chong, who oh, yeah. was playing the princess, she was having such a good time, and that and was that's her, her dog, and that's, and her, that's dog, her dog, yes. Um, so... princess, like yes, Princess Runa or whatever the dog, Luna the dog's something. name is also Runa. She was just having such a great time, like being silly. Like you can really tell that you know they were just having a fun time. Um, I I don't really know how consequential this. Um, particular episode was and I was actually kind of surprised that we got another kind of like silly episode only a couple episodes after we got Spock Amok which is kind of another uh, more lighthearted episode because usually I would say Star Trek most of the time traditional Star Trek um, there's like one funny episode a season and we're talking about one episode out of 26 episodes or something like that like there might be one episode where it's funny um, so I was like, oh, we got two episodes um, this season that were like more comedic and lighthearted, which is proportionally speaking very high. And at the end of the day, it didn't really like necessarily like move much plot forward. And then everyone forgets everything at the end, except for Dr. Mabenga. So it's not like there's a ton of character growth, um, but I still enjoyed it. You know, I, I still, uh, I still liked it overall, particularly because of just how much fun the cast was having. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, standouts for me are definitely Pike and Hammer. Uh, Hammer had a great time with the abracadabra. Yes, yes. Piece, and, and that was really fun to see. And then to have, you know, episode nine come along, it's kind of like, uh, womp womp. But, um, You're dead. Sorry, bye. Uh, but, you know, Pike had a great time. Melissa Navio had a great time. I, you know, I, I thought she was excellent in this episode. Christine Chong did a great job playing the princess. Uh, yes, yes. You know, um, who was the other person who I thought was really good? Why can't I think of it right now? I, anyway, um, I just, yeah, I, I really enjoyed kind of like the, the sniveling, little whiny, subservient person played by pike who you know is normally the leader of all of these the chamberlain or something yeah Yeah, he was just like he was just so salty and sarcastic and conniving and there were so many like eye rolls like it's just a very different character than what we usually get um when it comes to anson now yeah we we got some uh representation from the l and lgbtqia uh with uh una and ortegas uh the woodsman essentially i think yeah una plays yeah the woodsman yeah. and uh you know Melissa the knight. Navia, uh the knight right yeah 
Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really cool to to see. Uh, really thought, yeah, because they really hammed it up. Like, no, we know each other, you know. So I thought that right. was really kind of uh, kind of funny and, and a nice mm-hmm. touch to the episode. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then, I mean, the main point of this story, obviously, is that it brings to closure Mabangas and Ruiko? Rukia? Rukia. Rukia, I can't say her name. Rukia's story, right? So Yeah, and I actually really appreciated the the moment at the beginning of the show, before the fantasy starts happening, when Una has a chat with Dr. Mbenga because I've been thinking about this. I'm like, he is so distracted, like all the time. He's just like hidden away in his office. I'm like, is he doing his job? Like he's so, and justifiably he's distracted because he has his daughter and a transporter buffer. You know what I mean? I get it. I get it. But I really actually liked how Una was like, you have a responsibility as a father, but you also have a responsibility as the chief medical officer. Sorry, you know? Um, and that I actually really appreciated that she was being a good manager. You know, she was like being truthful as a manager and showed being empathetic, but at the same time being like, but you also have a job. Um, because I've had situations as a manager myself where I've had to tell people, look, I know you're dealing with things and I want you to have the space to deal with it, but you also have a responsibility here. You have a commitment to this work. And I need you to be able to separate the two, you know, and you can't allow what's happening outside of work. I know you're human, but as, at the end of the day, I also need you to be able to separate what's going outside of what's going on with you outside of work with what's going on here. It can't really be affecting your performance. And obviously to a certain extent, yes, like we'll, we want to give you the space for mental health. We want to give you the space to deal with it. Um, but it can it only can go so far so I really actually appreciated that she was just honest with him as a manager and she didn't skirt around the issue because that's honestly because as a manager it's important to be truthful um and that's actually it's better to do that than kind of to be vague and to kind of skirt around the issue um so I actually really appreciate that scene yeah, um, I thought it was uh, that was a nice scene, uh, and, and it sort of bookends the episode, right? So mm-hmm. she comes back to him after the five and a half hours are resolved, and uh, you know, but again, you know, going back to the the whole point of the story is the that we we get closure that there the only way that Rukia can get better is for her to kind of go with this entity into this cloud thing right. um and that you know as a i thought it was really uh kind of interesting that mabanga kind of gave her agency over her over mm-hmm. her future you know he he allowed her to make the decision uh which i think was really big of him to be honest you know i think that that's um a really bold decision to make. Yeah, and, he, and he doesn't know the problem. Is, I appreciate it, but at the same time, it's like uh, there's this entity that you know nothing about that took over the minds of the crew and you're kind of just entrusting this entity with your daughter. There is a little bit, I, I'm just not sure if 
the entity itself did anything to justify that leap of faith. And you're also talking about trust giving agency to a little girl. What was she like six or seven? Like, what does she know? You know, um, to be honest. Um, and I don't know if, if I was Mabenga, I would necessarily have given her that choice. Um, because again, this entity, you have no, it's literally a nebula, like it's a, and it's a consciousness that was born out, instantaneously born out of a nebula. Like, it's like, okay, you know? Um, so it was a little bit dubious, but I think the writers also knew that it was dubious and it was a total leap of faith. Um, and, uh, but I feel that they had to give us the scene where he said goodbye and it was awkward because literally six seconds later, <laughs> Rugia comes back as an adult and it's like, you made the right choice. And I was like, could you have given us at least like five minutes? Like it was, it was very awkward, like how quickly, because mm-hmm. a very, it was very whiplash. I don't know if you felt that way. It was just like, oh, it, because I actually started feeling, oh, it's like kind of sad. And, um, you know, he was doing a great job kind of portraying loss and this mm-hmm. choice that he made. And then literally didn't even have time to process it before she came back. You know, I feel like yeah, it would have been better if they like gave us a pause and then they were like leaving, like, and then we end the episode with Rukia coming back. Like, and it was like five minutes later, even like five minutes, I'll take five minutes, you know? Yeah, I mean, it almost would have been better for her, for um, him to have that in sick bay, and then for Una to kind of walk in after the after she had disappeared yeah yeah mm-hmm. that would have been you know that would have been um interesting you know to to have him have just seen her his grown right. daughter right um, right yeah it know. would be interesting to see him wrestle with his choice for like a few minutes at least and yeah. for him to wonder did i make the right choice and for yeah. us as an audience to kind of wonder with him and then get that resolution but i feel they like I don't know if they felt the pressure to be like, yeah, like along the lines of what I was thinking, like, oh, it's too ambiguous. We need to kind of like, get, you know, it needs to be wrapped up in like 50 minutes. This episode needs to be wrapped up in 50 minutes. So let's just resolve it ASAP, you know? I don't know. Yeah, the, I guess the other piece of the story that sort of makes sense is the fact that that uh, he, the Enterprise was on its way to leave the Nebula. So uh-huh. there wasn't, you know, once things were returned to normal, it would my my thinking would be that the enterprise was going to leave and so then her visiting wouldn't have been possible so that's also why i think that they probably did it the way they did but yeah you know some pause something something to happen you know something to happen where you know you could have done something like oh the engines are still stalled we need like an hour to fix it because that you know that was a problem right they couldn't get they can leave Yes, so yeah. I'm sure they could have come, you know, come with some like technical issue. Be like, all right, let's run some uh, uh, level one diagnostic. We need to like stay here for a second, you know, something like that. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Something, you know. So I, yeah, I, I just wish we got like a moment to kind yeah. of need on the choice. That would have been, I think, really effective. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think that that would have been a nice, uh, nice touch to the episode, but. Um... But you know, overall, I'm I'm glad that this storyline has been brought to closure, and that we can kind of see him 
kind of interact more with the crew next season, hopefully. Um, you know, and have something else that defines him as a character. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I, I'm actually yeah. very curious about. Um, it's like, what now? Like, okay, yeah, his right. daughter is good now. So, what is his purpose other than being yeah, a medical officer? Like, yeah. he needs something. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. So we'll, we'll we'll have to wait and see, uh, see what happens. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. But uh, I'm happy that it was brought to closure and I thought it was a very fun episode. I loved how everyone got into it. Uh, even even some of the secondary characters, like the the lieutenant who's always at the helm with with uh, Ortegas, you know, the Asian. Oh, Asian yes. Guy. Yes. She was the yeah. Crimson Guard or whatever. Yeah, right? the Crimson Guard. Yeah. So I thought that was where great. has Chief Kyle been? I feel it's been a few episodes since you've seen him. Yeah, we have not seen Chief Kyle. You are right. Um, yes. Where is Chief Kyle? Where's Chief Kyle? <laughs> um, I'm sure he'll be back. But yeah, I do so- like that we are getting, like what you're saying, like that we're getting these secondary tertiary characters that are recurring. Yes. Like it's like, oh, I they I recognize them. I see them. Yes. I don't really I may not know their name, but you know, they're recurring. It, it I was actually um thinking about this because I've been listening to the Delta Flyers podcast. Um, oh, right. Which yes. is the Voyager yeah. podcast. Yeah. And even when I was doing my Voyager rewatch, I was like, okay, it's such a small crew, like literally there are 140 people. And literally no background actors repeat. And I was like, how is that possible? Like, how can we not have recurring, like just, you know, secondary crew members in the, you know, do their shifts because it's such a yep. small ship. There's no way. Right. There's no way. Yeah, there's, um, yeah. And the moment that we actually get to know someone for like five seconds, they're probably going to get killed off on Voyager. But I, so I actually really appreciate on Change Your World because Change Your World, I mean, it's also, I mean, the Constitution class is not like a massive ship. It's not, you know, it's, it's not like a galaxy class. So it's not like there's a thousand people on the ship. Um, so there's probably, it's probably like what the, it's, it's probably like a hundred people, a hundred something. No, no, it's, it's uh, so in Kirk's time, it's 400 and something. It but, is? Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Uh, and uh, but in uh, Pike's time, I believe it was like 230 or something like that, so 250. Oh, okay. Well, uh, look at you. I'd uh, only know the population of Voyager and uh, Galaxy class, so Galaxy class, yeah. yeah, no, I, you know, yeah, it's definitely because uh, Pike makes a mention of it in the cage at some point, being responsible for like 200 and something. Oh my god, okay, you're such a nerd. And uh, Kirk makes a comment in the original series about a crew of 400 or something, or Spock Okay, does. okay. So 200 the, is obviously sizable, but yeah. it's not sizable to the point where there are, you don't see faces, you know, recurring. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Especially at yeah. the same stations, right? Right, so. yes. Yeah, so it's great to see the helm. Uh, you know, it would be, it's, it's going to be interesting. Well, we can't really talk about anything else right now, but... Um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, hopefully, they stick around for season two. Why? Uh, we're going to talk about the finale. Is that what? Is I, that I was accidentally going to mention something about the finale. Well, I'm not going to say anything about the finale other than the fact that what I've already said, which is it's pretty good. They, yeah, uh, no, it's excellent. Uh, it's, it's an excellent. You know, it's yes, they they take some big swings, and I yeah. was uh, I was pleasantly surprised. 
Yes, um, but coming back to this one, and and also, yeah, yeah, and you know, there's some crew changes in next week's episode. We I can't can remember that we're like a week it. behind because we because technically right now we're two weeks we're going to be two weeks behind. So wait. we are going to be two weeks behind because we have a hour long interview with Will Wheaton to release next week. So. Yeah, okay, that's fine. Um, yeah, yes. we're gonna have you know, yeah, we're gonna have to figure out how to do this, but. Um, but uh, as of this recording, the end of June 2022, we have no idea. I'm shocked that we haven't heard anything. Star Trek we're going to have in July beyond the finale. Maybe, this is gonna, maybe there would be a break. Maybe, yeah, maybe there. Uh, I, I, you think, know. I, I think there's going to be a break. Yeah, I, I, I think that's okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, and July uh, is like a month. Everyone's traveling. I mean, I'm sure they they're also concerning that you know, just from a yeah. um, pure not you know not traditional rating standpoint, but in terms of just attention, um, yes. it's probably it's probably, probably better for them down. to bring lower decks back in like August versus yes. you know July, which is, they, which is what they've done. You know, right. uh, lower decks is usually an August premiere, so has been for the first two seasons anyway. Um, so. Yeah, no, it's just unusual. So we're gonna we're gonna have a, a, more than a break. Uh, it seems like, uh, yeah, from the finale, which airs uh, a week from today on G- uh, July seventh. So yeah, uh, yeah. So we'll, well kind of see. You're going to be gone for two weeks, and I'm gonna be gone for a week. When are you and Dennis going um, on your Asia trip again? I have them a calendar, but. Um... I don't no, so you. you're you're in London the week that we leave, and then we're back. Two you leave. Oh, you leave the 14th. I have I have it now. You leave the 14th. Yes. I'm I'm actually yeah. I'm coming back the 15th. Third in London. So yeah, we'll, so we'll be uh out of touch for basically three weeks. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So we're gonna do some pre-recording over the next uh, seven days. And wait. You're saying you don't want to record anything with a 12-hour time difference? Is this what you're saying? This is exactly what I'm saying. Yes, I will be. Uh, I will. That'd be, be interesting if we were to try to do that. If I was moving there or spending a few months there, yes, we'd make it work. But uh, since I'm not, and it's a vacation, and I'm not even convinced I'm going to take my laptop with me. I don't think you should. I think you should totally unplug. Yes, I would too. Except I am. What? What am I going to do for nineteen hours on a flight? Bring your iPad. Don't you? You can bring your iPad. Watch Severance. I came on telling you, watch this fucking show, please. All right, all right, all right. I started watching The Man Who Fell to Earth um, because you told me to. Yes, it's fine. The finale is this Sunday as well, so. Uh, and I think anyway. I'll keep on watching it. I mean, I under, I yes, I fell asleep a few times watching it, but I think I'll keep on watching. Um, but anyway, any other final thoughts on the Elysian Kingdom? No, I don't okay. think so. I mean, the thing cool. is, like, since I, you know, I don't know if it's worth talking through like the fantasy plot points because it's so incom. It, you know, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> No, it doesn't. Um, obviously, what really matters is um, the story arc with Dr. Mabenga um, yes. and a little bit of Hemmer, but even Hemmer forgets everything. So it's kind of like, okay. Yeah, I thought that that was a little bit of shock. Yeah, I don't know why you forgot everything. I don't know why they had to do that. You got to yeah. remember. That would be nice. 
but yeah, I'd have someone else to remember that. But uh, yeah, and then he and um, you know, he and Mabinga could talk about it or something. Yes, exactly. That would be so. hey, yeah. I don't know why they decided to do that. That was kind of odd. But here we are. So here we are. Yeah. All right. Well, that is the Elysian Kingdom, and uh, yes, that is our thoughts on that episode. I'm going to take a quick minute here and talk about Fansets, the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network and Deep Space Pride. Uh, we love Fansets and the team over at Fansets makes incredible pin collectibles. And uh, recently, as of today, they're back in stock with the uh, Delta from the motion picture. Now it's interesting. We're, this is the second time that this has happened where we're recording the night before new releases are going to happen. And I have oh, no idea. Funny. Tomorrow is July 1st and there are going to be new releases. So when you hear this episode tomorrow on July 1st, go to fansets.com, click on new releases and check out what is out there that comes out from them. Uh, I, that's one of the things I do. It, you can also follow them on social media, which I do as well, which is how I know that the motion picture Delta uh, is. Yeah, I was like, how are you so up to date? Yes, that's mainly how I do it is through social media, specifically mm. more Instagram, but I, I occasionally do see it on Twitter too. Uh, and yeah, head on over to Fansets. Put a bunch of pins in your cart. There are a ton of great deltas. There are the new Prodigy micro crews are there. You can also get the full set for a slight discount, which I think is totally worth it. And uh, if you spend more than thirty dollars, which to be honest is pretty easy if you're uh, any kind of Star Trek fan, um, but they also have some other media as well. Uh, so go on over, check them out. Spend more than thirty dollars in the U.S., you're going to get free shipping. And if you use the code TrekGeeks, all one word, all caps, at checkout, you're going to save 10% on your order. And we want to thank Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of Deep Space Pride and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Thanks, Fansets. Cool. All right. Um, well, if you want to reach us, we'd love to hear from you. Though, if you also want to give us a five-star review, we'd also appreciate that on your podcast platform of choice. Um, and, and subscribe yes. and subscribe. Uh, yes, so and, that you will be... and subscribe so you can get our episode right when it's published. And you'll including yeah. the interview with Will Wheaton next week. So that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, cool. Um, but we would love to hear from you um, through email or social media. You can email us, email us at dspacepride at gmail.com. And you can also reach us on Twitter and Instagram at Deep Space Pride. Cool. Well, there we go. Uh, um, yes, that's that's all I have for this week. I, I mean, I, I I mean, I spent a lot of my Star Trek energy yesterday with Will Wheaton, so I am Star Trekked out. Even though I'm going to edit this episode and uh, get this ready to go ASAP. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have a bit of editing to do. I do have some editing to do. Yes. So we're going to wrap it up for this week, but we thank everyone for listening and uh, we'll see you back here next week with Will Wheaton. Thanks everyone. See you soon. Bye. Bye.
Deep Space Pride is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.